This week on Evasion the Podcast, we celebrate a moment of zen. We talk about massively multiplaying online. And we create a casting call for Fantastic Four. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Evasion the Podcast. Uh, taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. For the Alliance, Stedman. And to my left, as always, is Joe for the horde, for the horde, Peters, for the horde, Peters. So uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff to get into uh, tonight. So we're just going to jump right into it with this. News team assemble. And news, as always, is brought uh, by the Midwest Best Grooming Company, dedicated to bringing you only the finest beard balms and oils, strong enough to tame the roughest of faces and alluring enough to draw in those who love it at mwbgroomingcoco.com. So it's mwbgroomingco.com. Yes. So if you have a beard, tame it. And if it's already been tamed, then treat it well with some Midwest Best bro- Brooming, Grooming Bro- Company. Grooming, beard bombs. Beard bombs. Beard bombs. Yeah. Bongs. Not bongs. Beard bongs. Bong. Yeah. So what do we got in news? News. There's a lot of news stuff. Yes. Um, this Sometimes it gets really news heavy, so that I hope the news doesn't run too long. Um, I mean, I mean, if you people don't want to be informed, to skip ahead about thirty minutes yeah. or so, we'll be good. But or you're like listening to this a year from now because we're going to be that successful, and um, you're just like, this is old, old news. Like, tell a friend and be like, hey, a year from now, you should listen to the show, and they get a little news heavy. But or, yeah. or you could come back and be like, they were right <laughs> about oh, everything. Everything. Of, uh, uh, well, I'll just start with this. So, so the. A little bit of a spoiler. You want to hit the spoiler alerts? I don't think it's a spoiler. It doesn't take me long to say out. this. But I'll do it. Yeah. Spoiler. Does, spoiler alert. Doesn't take me much to press that. <laughs> He's always ready. Um, they've kind of released. Uh, uh, I guess I don't know if it's an official. I'd, I'd say it's unofficial, but it's probably official. Um, the the sides for si- the future Civil War movie coming up with Captain America. Mm-hmm. So Captain America three is going to be centered around Civil War, which was a, was a massive story arc in the Marvel universe. Uh, revolving around Iron Man and Tony Stark being bitter enemies due to something called the Superhero Registration Act. and, and Which comes down to collateral damage and being held accountable yeah. accountable for what happens. So we don't know what happens in the movie, but, like, I mean, yeah. in the comics, there was a lot of heroes doing a lot of things, like, recklessly, and there was, like, the government's like, hey, wait a second, we need to have a registration to like you know, account for what happens, right? So, so Cap was of course against it uh, because he's all about the freedom, and then Tony was the one who was gunning for uh, all these people to be registered, and it ended up for them throwing down. I mean, when you have superpowers and you have different political agendas, it's not just a, a slapping fight in you know in somewhere in Congress. You 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 shoot laser beams and throw shields at each other. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, that's going to be the premise of. Uh, the new Captain America movie coming out this spring. So Team Iron Man uh, is going to have The Vision, Spider-Man, played by Tom Holland, uh, War Machine, 
And then as kind of a, like a spin, I guess you could say, of events, uh, Black Widow, which was the one that I kind of was surprised about because she's pretty close with Cap in terms of like they've worked together so much. Yeah, but she was the one that came forward at the end of the second movie and just basically be like, I know I got a lot of skeletons in my closet. It's more important the world knows. Yeah. And she understood that there's a lot of damaging things that she could be a part of. So I guess it doesn't surprise me, but it is interesting. But I just thought maybe because like the rest of Cap's crew was all with him, because he's got Anthony Mackie as Falcon, uh, Scarlet Witch, and um, uh, Hawkeye, and uh, Winter Soldier, obviously, is probably going to be hanging out with him, <laughs> and Ant-Man. So that's who Cap's got. Okay. Well, I mean, that could be... like uh, So far, I think that's a good... I mean, I know they're going to add some villains, and, and there's going to be a Hobbit in there, too. So um, that's a lot of, of, of pieces, parts to be moving around. And in a comic, you can have a little bit more time to, to breathe and then so visit all the different camps. I have a theory, and this could tie into what we were just talking about. With, One year from now, listen to this, and the we'll news. be right. <laughs> with the we'll news. Right. So Martin Freeman's character has not been uh, revealed. He, okay. His character is like... His his function in the story has been kind of revealed. He's a government uh, agent or a government. Um, and he has a uh, ring. He has a ring. No, <laughs> but he's like a government official of some type who is kind of like a liaison in between this whole superhero registration act thing. And he and they say he's supposed to be like a neutral party, more or less. Now, I think if they cast him as Del Rusk, that would be amazing and i don't know if you know del rusk is actually uh red skull oh and <laughs> it's an anagram for red skull but okay, red yeah. skull was this character for a while in the comics called del rusk and he was like secretary of defense or something in the government and he was always trying to undermine shield and just kind of like politically gum up the works and just be kind of he was overall just kind of a dick and then you find out that it's red skull and it's like whoa so if that could be kind of fun yeah because yeah. i mean i know they're not bringing back i know hugo weaving's done with um like he doesn't want to do it again so yeah um and well and, and also like they kind of never ever got back to what happened to him because he kind of grabbed the cosmic cube not the cosmic cube he grabbed the tesseract yeah gotta the get my space gem my, gotta get my square power or no was it the, power, right. was the mind gem was it? no, no the was, po- it, was a space gem as a tesseract well, but whatever the blue the blue cube yeah he grabbed it and it ended up like in loki land even they don't know what happened to him you know so come back but i think come back yeah that's gonna be my theory prediction it could get debunked in a week when they tell you who martin freeman is but if he <laughs> pops up as del rusk told you so will you will you be angry and like if it's like my my prediction only lasted seven days. Would you be angry about that? No, I wouldn't be angry. Did, or did you want to like let the legend grow? Nah, okay, fine. fine. All, All right. right. So what else we got? Um, uh, the big news for for me, um, and I know I know Joe feels uh, you know has some feelings about this as well. Uh, John Stewart um, did his last uh, Daily Show last week. Actually, like we recorded before the last show, and this is our first chance to talk about it after. So. Um, like just to, to give you a point of reference, that was going on for 16 years. It, it started in 1999. Ended up now. Um, I'll be honest; I didn't get to watch it live, uh, but I ended up watching over the weekend. And I, I have to admit here, this is my, here's my confession: I was just a weeping mess watching this episode, and I just I knew it was coming. And I felt really bad because like Mary kept looking over at me and I'm just like trying to sit, I was trying to sit in the chair and try to be a man about it. But I was just like bawling my eyes out and laughing while watching this. And, and, you know, people have their, their political beliefs and their leanings and and that's, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And I'm not going to say, you know, one way or the other right now, I will say that, um, I believe that he was able to present ideas 
and and knowledge of what was going on in the day to day that I may not have cared about, but the way he was able to shine a light on it made me pay attention to it. And also, even though it was funny, if if it's funny, it sticks in your head, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's a big thing. Is like as long if your brain reacts to it, then you're more inclined to remember it and react to it. And I feel like he. Um, had a way of stating things that, I mean, he was also surrounded by a group of writers and correspondents, you know, that also aided a lot of this. Right. So I mean, I'm not saying it was a single person on that ship because I know a lot of them are also sticking around for Trevor Noah, but it was really important to me. And I feel like, cause like he was, he took over the show just as I was turning 20 and like now I'm like 36. So it's like, it's one of those like weird stabilizing factors in my life. It's like, well, John Stewart's always going to be there. Yeah. That's and, how I kind of felt. Yeah. So. And and he's not there, you know, and it's like, it was just, uh, and if you get a chance to watch the last episode, it's it's really good. I want to watch it because like, I, I didn't watch the daily st- show religiously. I would catch it every once in a while when I did have cable and I enjoyed every episode I've ever watched that he's done. And I like how he, you know, some of the correspondents like that have gone on to do other things, obviously Colbert, Carell, um, Stephen Carell, Stephen Carell, Rob Corddry, Rob like, Corddry. Yeah. yeah. And it's like. I kind of didn't. I, I kind of didn't. I know it's like out there on Hulu. I think that I can watch, yeah. and I kind of haven't watched it because I feel like I feel the same way. Because like I know he's got like a lot of people that show up, a lot of people, political and like co- comedians. Yeah, and like the send off is like super heartfelt from everything I've read, and I just kind of was like, man, I I'm not ready for that yet. Like I know, especially with Colbert's thing that he does. I heard Colbert's is really really good. It is. And well, his was different because it's like he kind of stayed in Colbert character, like the Stephen Colbert rapport character the entire time. And it was really good. It was like a crazy wrap up where do you remember he did the segment called um, Cheating Death, where it was always like health tips. And it was always like a black and white intro is him playing chess against like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> they did the segment again, but something happens where he pulls a gun and shoots death. And he basically is like, I am now immortal. And he like, there's this whole thing where it's like, <laughs> I will live forever. And it becomes like this ridiculous thing, right? And the reason the Colbert's didn't sting as much because you knew he already had the late show. And not that I'm saying that like Stewart has to go on and do anything, which I would really, really like if he like took over like a Larry King type of like interview style yeah. show. Cause I think he's really good at that, you know, but you know, dude's been putting in like day in day out for years. I mean, yeah. he can go do his own thing, but it's just like, I feel like he, I, I still feel like there's gas in the tank and that he has a way of, of interviewing people and getting to truth. Mm-hmm. And I, and then I'd, I'd watch anything else he, he did. Like I would, I would be happy for him to get back in not so much these daily shows, show seat, but just something else. Yeah. And, and the part that just absolutely killed me and just even saying it out loud, it's going to kind of get to me was, uh, and I, and I hope I'm not ruining this for you or anybody listening, but it's still like, it's way better said that he's when he says it, but it's one of those things. It's just like, that's so like, the way I would like to go out and, and by no means am I anybody important. He basically is like, I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm like, like we're at a party. We're having a conversation. I'm going to go get a drink. I'll say goodbye to you when I'm about to leave. And that was basically like, I'm just going to go in the back and get a drink real quick. And that was the way he kind of left it. And I'm like, that is the perfect way to be like, the conversation isn't over, but when I leave the party, I'll let you know. And it was like, so good, so yeah. good. And, and like, so proper. And, and it, it takes a sting out a little bit because I know the Daily Show is coming back, like with a lot of writers. I hope Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah, he has a big shoes to fill, but he's going to do his own thing. And just like how Stewart took over Kilborn, he had his own thing to do too. I ended up watching um, the first episode that Stewart did because they have it online. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was basically he had this whole thing of like, listen, you know, 
he kind of equated it to like your mom's dating somebody new and it's going to make things a little awkward around the holidays, but I hope that we can still talk type of thing. And it was really funny. And it was like a lot of what well, he did then, he, he, a lot of who he was didn't change a whole lot. And it was, it was interesting to see that. Yeah. I and, hope, I hope it's a doctor who effect though. Like to compare that to that, I know like, I, I don't know if I've brought this up on the cast or if I've talked to you about it, but the doctor, who, doctor who thing has a whole cycle where, you know, the new doctor pops up and you're like, who is this guy? Yeah. He's not the doctor. And then like after a season or half a season, you're like, I'm kind of into this guy. And then you're just like, this guy's the best doctor ever. And then right before he dies, you're just like, no, 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 you can't go. You can't go. Yeah. And I think, I think that kind of helped a little bit when he took a sabbatical briefly to go do the movie Rosewater when he was directing that. And John Oliver took over for a couple weeks. I like John Oliver too. Like I've, I don't have, uh, I haven't fired up HBO go in a while. It's one of the greatest, things on but, television right now last week tonight is amazing his it's hbo like, go yeah. show i really want to watch because I, like, so I think good. john oliver's hilarious um i, I just did i okay fine so this most recent episode he did a whole segment about sex education in america and he shows a film from the 60s about um a conversation about like what it means to have menstruation and there was this whole thing about a girl in a bowling alley like bowling with a guy and you hear this this young guy and he has a voice over his head he's like i knew something was different that day when she pulled a strike and they were like, it was really <laughs> weird, right? But then John Oliver stopped. He was like, oh, by the way, that is, um, what's his name? The, the actor, but Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad. Okay. That was him in a really early role. So they actually had Mike from Breaking Bad. He was actually like this teenager in the sex ed film from the 60s. Wow. And it was amazing. So anyway, since Oliver's still around... Um, and you got Larry Wilmore that does the nightly show. I don't know if you've watched any of that or no. not. It's it's really good. I, I feel like Stewart has kind of cultivated this whole idea that you could still have fun and have farce and and make fun of. But a lot of people are starting to to get into this whole notion of like there there's things we want to talk about, but there's ways of of discussing it where it's entertaining. So he's not like with, with him leaving. This isn't the end. So that's the thing I have to remind myself. But at the same time, it's like. He, I don't know, like he was that cornerstone for a lot of, of what I learned and felt through the years. And it's just like, I'm probably, I'm sure there's people that probably felt the same way about Carson when he stepped down. There's probably yeah. people that felt the same and way about, I don't know, musical acts that go away or, well, or somebody that's important to them. On his watch with the daily show, it, it got so much praise for being almost a legitimate news show because people would watch that for their legitimate news well, versus I, like other news I hate shows. to admit it. There's a lot of times I went to that before I'd go to other sources. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's to say a lot. Like if you're doing a satirical news show and then it turns into people trust your source more than, you know, that's a whole CNN. other thing. I feel like yeah, the, the, that's, the, the that's American news cycle kind of goes into yeah. like, there's, there's always narratives anyway. And for someone to just poke fun at it, I think that's a way to get through a lot of that junk. Yeah. And, but He'll be missed, and like watch the episode. If you have any feelings whatsoever, you're just going to ball your eyes out. Maybe, maybe I'm that weak person, but I was just crying, and it was it was I was a hot mess. That's, that's all there is to it. So, all right. Um, anyway, enough about that. Um, let's see here. What? Oh, you know, the, on a on a on a funnier note, not funnier, a lighter note. Uh, HBO put out their Westworld teaser, so it's not funny at all. It's about like robot cowboys. That robot cowboys. Very serious. We talked about Westworld a little bit when we did Dinocast or when we were talking about Michael Crichton, because that was a Michael Crichton thing. And you're like, wait, Dinocast? What was that? You should go yeah. back and listen to it if you haven't. If you haven't watched Dinocast, it's, it's, it's very <laughs> You can good. watch it if you want. It'd be better if you listened to it. It was the most <laughs> dangerous podcast we ever did. We spare no expense. Yep. Um, yeah, so Westworld, it's well, like... 
it, it's an expanded they, they different have a take te- on the, yeah. the, the the Westworld movie that was written by Crichton. They have a teaser trailer out. It doesn't give you a lot, but like I mean, if 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 any if the subject material robot cowboys and HBO getting together with that, it, it it should be it should be good. So I mean, like so then you 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 extrapolate that right. So you got robot cowboys, HBO. So it's going to be robot cowboy violence amongst robot cowboys. Mm-hmm. And then if it's HBO. Robot cowboy nudity mm-hmm. and robot cowboy sex. That's what's going to happen right oh, yeah. there. It's going to be a lot of that. Yep. You know, <laughs> I'm excited. I saw the teaser, in, in fact, in front of John Oliver. So it was like one of those things where it looks off, like not off putting, but it looks like it's it's more focused on the AI emerging amongst the characters than it is necessarily about people running the show. Like, uh, yeah, so. I think the movie and the book was fo- focused on the people more, right? Yeah, well, like, okay, so it was, um, I don't know if there's ever a book, but Michael Crichton wrote a screenplay called Westworld. Yul Brynner was in it. He played, like, one of the main cowboy people in it. So I was, I was joking with Joe before the show, and I'm sure we talked about this before, but Michael Crichton's written a lot of ideas that turned into theme parks that ended up killing people. So Westworld was all about, like, a Western theme park that the robots there suddenly started, like, acting like real gunslingers and attacking people. Then there was a sequel called Future World that also had, like, hey, we didn't learn from Westworld. Let's just make Future World. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, and there's Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Jurassic, and Jurassic, Park World. Jurassic World, yeah. Timeline is about someone developing quantum physics to go back in time so they can make a theme park about France, like, during, like, yeah. the French and English conflict. So yeah. it's like, I don't know who didn't let him go to a park as a kid. But he's done like maybe he just no maybe he did go to parks and he just loved theme parks and he's like they need to be better than this so um, I'm excited for Westworld I'm excited like HBO they found a groove recently where they can do no wrong I don't know what's going on with that like everything's so good you know and and I think them doing that drives everybody else forward like them and AMC have kind of set the bar for what can be well I think with uh, with HBO they had to do that with their subscriber base because I mean. You started to get into an era where you had uh, movies at your fingertips, and it wasn't like you needed that extra cable channel to watch movies anymore. It was kind of like, you know, uh, just you know, turn on, you know, go to any source, go to iTunes, go to yeah. uh, any, go to Netflix. You don't need HBO anymore for that. So there's exclusive programming is really what sells all their well, subscriptions. And I think maybe, and this is just like me spitballing here, but. I think more there's more conversation and more connection over an ongoing thing versus like one like a movie, right? There is. You know what's funny is I was at lunch today with one of my one of my coworkers and I can't remember how we got on the subject of this, but this ties in perfectly. He's like, Tell me a TV show that you would never admit that you watched, but you did and you enjoy it. And I'm sitting there thinking and I'm like I don't really think there are any TV shows that I've watched. Well, Days of Our Lives. There was a bit there where okay. I kind of got hooked on it. Like, yeah. So, like, but that, but I was like, well, and I said to him, I said. I've already been into crying <laughs> on here. Like, I, it's fine. Like, everything's done. Yeah. You know, like. I said, I couldn't think of anything. I'm like, I got a lot of nerd stuff, but I'm not ashamed of that. Like, I never, he's like, I watched, he's like, I watched The Hills. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm like, sorry, I should laugh. Joe's coworker, <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing at that. I'm like, okay. So I was like. I'm like I, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to even bother to check out any of those shows like Gilmore Girls, One Tree Hill, uh, Seventh Heaven. You know we were talking and joking about, and I was like, I have a few movies that I enjoyed that are kind of guilty pleasures, but like I'm like, and he's like, you know what, movies don't count. He's like, it's like a one night stand. 
He's like, this is kind of like that relationship that you're in that you don't admit to in public. He's like, he's like, if you watch a TV show that you're ashamed of and you enjoy it, it's like being in a relationship for a long time. And that's true. And I'm like, that's a good point. And I'm like, TV shows because there's more commitment. It's longer. And yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think like other than like, I mean, there was a brief bit, like I said, with days of our lives. I think that was more because I've grown up with my, like, you know, in my household, my mom would watch it like that in general hospital. And it was like, I'd always go to my grandmother's house and I kind of got stuck watching it. So I kind of got into the storylines a little bit, but that was not because of my choice. Yeah. Um, And I'm just trying to think other than like, um, I, I gave the following a chance, and that that show turned so bad so quickly that I gave up on it. That's too bad. Yeah, it's it, funny. I was just listening to a podcast with Kevin Bacon about that. Oh yeah, yeah. well he's probably glad he's out of that that whole situation, right? But is there a show that there, there's no guilty no, pleasure? I don't okay. have yeah. I don't have a guilty pleasure show that I watched that I was just like I'm not going to tell anybody I watch this <laughs> until we get off the air, and then he's going to be like, by the way, I love Cake Boss. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> no reality shows like ugh. like Pawn Stars. It's the greatest thing in the world. No, um, that's really funny. So, um, so yeah, Westworld, and then I'm excited for Westworld. I'm really excited for that. I feel like HBO needs to find that that gritty kind of weird show because I know Game of Thrones has an end game. Though they don't know what it is yet because that guy hasn't written it yet, but whatever. So they need to find something else to keep people hooked in. So I think that might be a good, interesting way to get there. Mm-hmm. Like True Detective. Did you watch first season of True Detective? No. And really, somebody, really, really good. One of my really buddies good. is always on me about that because I always tell him to go watch certain shows and stuff like that. And he's just like, eight episodes, you, dude. Watch True Detective. you watch True Detective? Yeah. And I'm just like, not yet. And I'm going to watch second season now because it's finished. Like my whole thing is I want to binge it because oh, I didn't okay. want to. I didn't want to be like on the edge of my seat wondering what's going to happen next. Like because the first season was so good, and, and I understand second season is going to be different. But it's like I really am looking forward to that. So um, anyway, enough TV. TV is great. We love it. We should watch it. So last bit of news because you know, hey, I told you news was going to go along. Bill Murray has said he was going to be in the new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, I heard that too. Uh, like everything else with Ghostbusters, I'm just kind of waiting. I'm not going to get excited about that. I think it's really odd, though, that he decided to pop up for a cameo, but then there was so many problems about him trying to get back together with the original Ghostbusters. Like, Well, there's been, like, I've heard rumors that they've kind of said, hey, if you play, because there was the dude in the first movie who was, um, he well, it was the jerk character that um, basically was like their foil the entire time. Yeah, I forget his name. Uh, I want to say I want to say the actress Jeffrey Jones, but it's not Jeffrey Jones. I know who um, you're talking about. He was the one that was always in the way of everything. Yeah. Someone said, "Well, what if that was him?" And I was like, "He'd be the perfect contrary character, and that'd be a good like, hey, he's in this, but not Venkman, right? You know, well, the guy that's supposedly playing the the villain uh, looks just like him." Like, I don't oh, know like, if, the, like from the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, I'm, oh, God, I can't remember his name. All I know him as is Dickless, because that's what they call him. Um, oh, yeah, in the when, movie. I was just like, it, in when real life, when the mayor's like, a terrible name to call someone in <laughs> no, real life. Like, when the mayor's like, is this true? And then Bill Murray's like, yes, or yes, sir, this man has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's also like rumors, too, that he might play like the mayor of New York or something like this is something to get him in there just to kind of be like Bill Murray for a second. Cause yeah. I mean, when you have a movie with Kristen Wiig and Kristen uh, and, um, no, like and that- Melissa McCarthy, you know, Paul Fig can let people kind of like improv for a minute. Let Bill Murray just do his thing for a moment. And I think it'll be good. Yeah. But I seriously would almost want him to be Vankman. Like, I don't know. That's just me. Did you, I mean, did you get caught up on parks and rec or no? Did you finish? Yeah, it? I finished parks and okay. rec. So, I mean, I mean all right, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put this out there because I know there's some people, a.k.a. Mary, who's listening, 
please uh, here here's your spoiler alert spoiler spoiler alert don't listen for the next moment so in parks and rec of the finale or not near the finale they had bill murray come in as like the late mayor of uh Pawnee. yeah and it was like one of those things where like when they were filming it like no one knew that he was doing it and it's the kind of stuff that bill murray does now where it's like i'll play shows, a dead guy it's he just fine shows up yeah yeah so like and i think he did really great with that because they just let him just like riff for like 20 minutes and they just picked the best part and that's what they showed yeah so i, I don't know like i heard the dan Aykroyd filmed a scene as a cab driver i'm sure like um uh winston oh What's his name? Uh, it's Ernie a, Hudson. Ernie Hudson. What's he doing right now? I'm sure he's available. And I'm sure if they were being like kind of coy about it, they could probably put, um, you know, um, and uh, a Harold Ramis movie in the background somewhere. Like I'm, I'm sure they could pay homage to like the original Ghostbusters without like hitting you in the face with it. So like if you don't know who Dan Aykroyd is, it's like who's that fat guy driving the cab? But it's like oh, okay, that's Dan Aykroyd. Like he wouldn't have like I don't know. I'm okay with that as long if you're not going to do a torch passing or a true sequel, let him cameo. All right. I mean, I mean, you know. So, anyway, um, that was enough. That was enough news. Thank you for bearing with us for news. So let's get on to uh, to this. And now for our feature presentation. What? Did you play News Team Assemble? I did. I played News. Uh, I played News Button, and then we talked about the Midwest Best Grooming oh, Company. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, let me rephrase. Um, Midwest Best Grooming Company. Yeah, we like, get a nickel. Every time we say it. Yeah, like I my I, I grow a beard for like a second every time I say yeah. that. So <laughs> <laughs> and it goes away like magically. Um so um, like the magnet guy, right? I could just <laughs> run a magnet on your cheek. Like, like Joe Joe does he does a beard on me and then he gives me crazy like Christopher eyebrows and then he goes back. Yeah. And he just shakes my face and it all falls away. Um so the big news this is this is something a little close to me, and you're gonna find out it's close to Joe as well. Um, Gamescom, which is a big uh, um, event in Germany. It's like basically like, I guess Germany's E3 maybe. Is that how you equate it to? It's like it's a big deal over there, mm-hmm. right? Um, Blizzard Entertainment um, announced the new World of Warcraft expansion. Um, so, you know, World of Warcraft, you, you guys are familiar with the South Park episode. It's like, gentlemen, <laughs> we are dealing with someone here who has absolutely no life. Oh. How do you kill that which has no life? That, that, that's a good question. How do you kill someone with no life? You have to use, no uh, holy damage. <laughs> and, and the sword of a thousand truths. Is the what sword of a thousand <laughs> truths. Yeah. Any, so, anything with undeath is negative or <laughs> positive damage. So normally your healing spells would, would hurt it. Yeah, right. So um, <laughs> the, they announced their, their sixth expansion, sixth expansion, Legion. Um, so a little bit of little information for those that don't play MMOs or World of Warcraft and immediately shut this off. So please keep listening because we'll try to, like, I swear there's a point to this. Um, World of Warcraft came out, um, let's see here. It, it actually launched November 23rd, 2004. Four? Oh, yeah. so close. You were in the alpha for that, weren't you? I was in the beta for it. was it. in the beta for I was that. in the original, uh, World of Warcraft beta. Um, I remember... I remember playing it because I was a big EQ fan. Like I played EverQuest. I played for people, EverQuest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's just stop right now. Give us your resume for multi multiple. Okay, uh, multi 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 <laughs> men's <laughs> online. No, not men's online. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna smack you. Um, all right, so MMO resume. Uh, it started with um, massively oh. multiplayer online or mini men's online. Many shut up. <laughs> 
So it started with Ultima Online, which Ultima was a series on the computer that I think it went through eight different games, eight or ten, somewhere in that range. Uh, but it was an it was a role playing game on the on the PC, um, mid nineties, early nineties, and then towards like the late nineties, I want to say ninety seven ish, ninety six. Uh, they did it. The, one of the first MMOs. It wasn't the first, but it was the first one I got into. And you basically played in the world of Ultima, and that was my first one. It was terrible. Um, like I'll say this about just about every MMO that was behind me. I will say WoW was great, but I won't go back to WoW. Um, but every MMO that I played was terrible compared to like going forward. But okay. Ultima. I remember my buddy got me into it. I'm going to share some MMO stories, so bear with me. I'm going to try not to rant too much. So I remember my Betty, my 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 Your buddy, Betty. my Betty, my buddy got me into it, and he was a big Ultima fan even prior to the online. So, well, I yeah, because Ultima was a whole universe before they became a game. Yeah. Right? So like, yeah. there was even like Nintendo games and stuff released mm-hmm. like Ultima. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But so I get in there the, the game, and he's playing, and he's just like, "Okay, I got a house, and I got a venturing group." Blah 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 blah. I'm like, okay, cool. What do I do? And I'm like, when can I go out adventuring? He's like, well, you got to get stuff first. I'm like, okay, how do I get stuff? And he's like, you got to go buy it. I'm like, I have no gold. He's like, okay, well, here's what you do. Go buy, because he had a little bit of, little bit of money. He's like, go buy an axe from the general store. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, we're going to go out in the woods and just cut woods. I cut wood literally for an hour and a half, real time. I'm like, this isn't fun. He's like, well, no, 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 your skill's going up. And then you go into the inn and you press a macro button and you just make bows and i'm like oh okay so i'm gonna be an archer he's like no no no, you're gonna sell the bows for more money i'm like well what if i want to use one of the bows oh my god and then that was back in the day when no pvp was regulated if you were in the city you were safe the second you set outside foot outside the city anybody could kill you and take all yeah, that pvp stands for player versus player so <laughs> like, basically what joe's saying is like it was like well it was kind of like the wild west for a lot of it mmos was. back it in was that day totally where it was like, the wild it was west. really hardcore things weren't spelled out those that were really good were really good and they were elitist and they wouldn't tell you anything because yeah. they wanted to stay on top and then people that were easily available to kill other players they didn't want to let people know what the rules were either yeah. so yeah i remember there was a there was a time i actually saved up some money i I had some armor. I had well, it's some... from all that chopping wood and selling bows. Exactly. <laughs> Me and my one from my one friend uh, who's who was in high school with, we were running around in a dungeon together to go try and kill something. And these guys were just rolling in there. As soon as they see us, they start running towards us, and we're like, "Oh crap! We know what's going on." Yeah, you know, this was like almost like ending up in the bad part of the neighborhood, and they literally have guns in their hands and they're running at you. So, <laughs> the one guy's like, "Stop! Stop!" He's yelling. He's like, "Stop or I'll kill you!" And I'm like, "Oh!" So I like stopped, and this dude just looted me. Like he just went because right, you could rifle. You got pickpocketed Ultimate Online. It wasn't even pickpocketing. It was like bullies running up to you in <laughs> school and going, "Give me everything you got!" And I was just like, like plus five to swirly in the toilet. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, like he took all my money, all my magic reagents, all this stuff, and it was like four of them, and they were just decked to the nines. And I'm just sitting there like, well, I could be dead, which means I have to respawn, and it cost me money. So I guess it's cool they didn't kill me, but there's all there's all my wood, wood chopping money gone. So I hated Ultima Online. Anyway, I'm not going to bore you with other stories, but that was the first one. After I played Ultima Online, I played EverQuest, um, and I played EverQuest for five expansions, I think. Yeah, and EverQuest is still going on, by the way. It is. Uh, and then I, along. and then I tried to sneak out of EverQuest a few times. Uh, I played uh, Dark Age of Camelot. Um, uh, yeah, people like that one too for a bit. Yeah, it was. I didn't play it that much because like uh, they 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 really focused on PvP with the realms and like massive PvP for like you know thirty to 
Do you mean realms as in like the different different server blades? Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Okay. Well, it would be like you had you had Midgard, which was kind of like Norse mythology. Then you had Arthurian, mostly humans with Camelot, and then you had like an Elven type realm. And okay. the three realms would always like fight for control of these points. Okay. But like whenever they would get into these big realm fights, there would be like 120 people on the screen at the time. And like man, back in the 90s, it was like your computer would just freak out. <laughs> <laughs> like I could barely do anything. So ended up going back to EQ. And then I remember uh I played Heroes of or City of Heroes and City of Villains for a little while okay. in between that. And then somewhere That was the superhero MMO. Yeah. And then somewhere in between that, um uh what was it? Wow trickled in and I got into the beta for that and that was a breath of fresh air. So um, a little bit of background, and I'm sure there's a couple people out there. It's like, we know this already, but for people that don't know, World of Warcraft is based upon um, Warcraft, which was an RTS, meaning real-time strategy game, meaning you have to go out and actually um, create like resources and troops to actually accomplish like goals on a map, right? So it's like you had to defend points, attack points, but you had it was constant resource management, constant like maintaining. Are you talking of, about like, Warcraft or yeah, World of Warcraft? Well, Warcraft. I'm talking about Warcraft, was based upon yeah. before, right? And and it was widely like popular. Like a lot of people liked Warcraft two um, and Warcraft three, yeah. Um, and then like the expansions that came after that. So Blizzard um, Entertainment, which um, they saw, because a lot of people that played Blizzard, like, they played EverQuest that worked for Blizzard. We're like, hey, we could do this, and they kind of was, you know, and this this is like Blizzard's mo um, is that they see what is popular and what's going on around them, and they take things from everything and then polish the hell out of it. If they're really, I mean, they innovate on their own, but they recognize what's popular yeah. and then they take it and just make it crazy good. I I remember the first time I played WoW in the beta, uh, one of my friends got into it, and um. I was over their house, and uh, there was a couple lived together, and they I think they both got into the beta, but I sat down, and I was playing it, and you know, my one friend, she was like, she was like, oh, it's so much better in EQ, blah, 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 and I'm like, all right, well, I'll check it out. I played for a half hour, and I got to level six, and I'm like, this is so cool, <laughs> because not only, like, I started out as an orc warrior, and I started in the starting area, it was like, from my EverQuest experience, you would level up in EverQuest just by killing things over and over and over and over and over again. Okay. Like... At one point when I played EverQuest, I would go... There was a dungeon called um, Guck. Guck? Guck. It, oh. was, uh, it, was, um, and, uh, it was a froglock, which froglocks were like these humanoid frog creatures, like goblins, but they're frogs. Oh. They inhabited, they inhabited this, <laughs> this quote-unquote dungeon. It was like their, their city. The frogs of, froglocks of Guck. Yeah, exactly. And, and you would go in there and you would sit in... This sounds it, like a 12-year-old wrote that. Wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> You would you would sit in that you would sit in this quote unquote dungeon and it was not instanced it was one dungeon for the whole server okay and you would there would be different points of interest in the dungeon like where certain special uh, creatures would spawn that would drop special gear and you would go with a group of people and you would claim that area and you would just kill for hours you would just like you would get somebody who was a tank that was like a paladin or a warrior or a, de- a shadow knight. And they would just they would run over to the one part of the room. They would pull the frogs to the group, and everybody would just kill them. Yeah, and then so they would just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. A little, little bit of MMO shorthand. When Joe says tank, I mean, and this is also permeated into a lot of things too. There, there, there's a holy trinity when it comes to a lot of these games. Where you got tank, which is the one person that's like heavily armored that can run in, and just like piss everything off and have it hit them. 
And then you got what they call DPS, which stands for damage per second, the people that do a lot of damage. Then you got your healers, which keep everybody alive. So it's like basically the main core concept of what these all... There's variants, like you have support classes and utility, but it's really the holy trinity of all three. So like, with that said, uh, when I played EverQuest, and once I got to like whatever max level, and you would still go kill things for loot and and money and things like that, I changed the EverQuest icon on my desktop from EQ to frog killing game. Because <laughs> literally that's what all I did was kill oh. frogs. So I don't know what Sony had against frogs. They hated frogs. Um, and one quick story, I'm not going to go too long on this, but EverQuest, just to get put into perspective for other people who play MMOs, there was an item that I had to get, uh, had to get because it was a good item. And it was a belt that would increase my attack speed for my character. And it only dropped off on one of those stupid frogs, and it w- the frog itself was really rare. And then it was also rare for this frog to drop that. Was it the Michigan J frog? No, it was. Uh, it was called the actually called you have to the, go find him. It's like look at him; he's dead. He turned around, like hello, my baby, hello, my darling. It's like why is he moving when I'm not looking at him? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> but it was called a flowing black silk sash. And normally in these group setups, if you wanted to go into these groups, you would go to the dungeon. It's not instanced. Remember, there were people waiting in the hallways just to go do stuff. And by instance, meaning like everybody had access to this. Everybody saw the same stuff. Instance yeah. means that like if you and four people would go off and do this dungeon, it'd just be for you four. Yeah. But this means it's free for all. Everybody's yeah. there all the time. So there would be like six or seven people sitting in the entrance hallway and they would just wait. They would get on what's called a list. So the group would say, Here's the list of people that could come join us next. When someone leaves, they got to go do their chores or go eat dinner. <laughs> or, or sleep. Yeah, or sleep. <laughs> so you would show up, and then you, you're, you would fight and kill stuff, and then your loot would drop, and then you would roll on it. Well, you didn't do this with this sash, this belt. You went to the group with this one frog, and you would pull frogs and kill frogs over and over and over again. And then they would have a separate list for the people that would get that belt because it was highly sought after. It wasn't just something everybody could roll randomly on. So I played literally for two and a half days straight. Not myself. I actually had some help from my friends. My one buddy, I was, I was visiting him in at college. a small cafe in Korea. Yeah. He wo- I woke up. I can't remember why. It was like two in the morning, and I look up because like, I was on their couch. My buddy's playing my, my character. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I got you in a group to try and get you that belt. I'm like, oh, cool. He's like, well, I'm going to go to bed. You need to take this over. So I took <laughs> over at 2.30 in the morning, played till like 4 in the afternoon because uh, wow. they, they went to school and then came back and then they switched out with me. I went and got food and stuff. It was ridiculous. So wow, wow comes along. No longer do I have to just kill frogs over and again. People tell me to go do quests and give me experience. I'm like, this is so cool. It's a story progressive quest mode. Yeah. So, so, um, this, 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 uh, piggies back on to what I'm about to say next. So I, I've revealed in our plot twist a couple episodes ago about, um, about the asylum and Sharknado and all that, that, that Joe and I both working at, um, a video retailer chain that shall not be named, but we named it already blockbuster. That's how we became friends. Before I met Joe, because he had a coworker, Joe's like like this like he's like a heroin dealer. He's like, hey, you should play WoW. So this guy that we both knew in common got you know he he started playing WoW, and I live with this guy. So I was like, I'll check out WoW. And so Joe inadvertently got me hooked on World of Warcraft, and we didn't know each other at the time. Mm-hmm. So Joe's kind of either like the heroin heroin dealer slash head vampire, <laughs> and that's really and he has destroyed parts of my life. That's really what it comes down to, because I have played that game like no other since yeah. like since then. Um, I did enjoy WoW. Um, I, I I quit WoW. 
I want to say back in... It was during the Cataclysm expansion. Yeah, I, I played Cataclysm, so it was back in 2011. So that was like the fourth expansion. Or 2010. So I played it for like five or six years, and it just got a little too too much. There was It was always, you know, it was almost like a, like a job at times, and it was just like, I don't want it to be like that. Go out and kill those frogs and make those bows. Good, get them bows made, kill them frogs, be on that list. So, okay... Um, I still play, not often. I was logged in last night for a little bit. Like I, there, so here, here. This is, we'll get to the, the lot of like the interesting things that Blizzard's doing right now. But so, Joe, do you remember your first character that you rolled on your own account? And by rolled, that's antiquated term meaning like a D and D thing where you roll a character. Sorry, Dungeons and Dragons where you make a character yeah. of yourself, like you know, your own character. Who? What was the first character you made in World of Warcraft? The first character I made was a night elf hunter. I don't remember his name. Oh. It was in the beta. Okay. We, the three of us, there was me and my Wait, two friends. so fr- you played Alliance in the beta? Mm-hmm. Oh. I played Alliance when I first started playing. Oh. I did. So. It's not the Joe I know. No. Yeah. So I made a I made a Night Elf Hunter in the beta, and then I made a Night Elf Hunter right into the live game. And then I played the Night Elf Hunter up to, like, level 42. And then I decided to make a mage, and I fell in love with the mage. And I played my mage on the Alliance side for about a year. And then I think when um, uh, Burning Legion, or not Burning, Burning Crusade, Burning the, the, Crusade the, the first expansion, the first expansion came out, I switched over to the Horde. And okay, that's when you made your... Uh... That's when I made my Shaman. No, 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 I made a mage again. I made okay. a Blood Elf mage because I was like, I wanted to play an Elven mage. But they wouldn't let night elves be mages, so I'd be a human. So then that was what swayed me, actually, was to become a blood elf mage. I was like, I want to play an elven mage. Yeah. So that's why I switched to the horde. And then somehow I inadvertently made a shaman because, like, at the time, shaman were only available for the horde. Yeah. And it was cool when I would see them running around doing shaman things. I was like, I won't do that. So that's when I made my shaman. So my mage and my shaman were my two big characters. So so the big the, the, the here's the big admission that I'm going to put, put the screws to Joe right now. So... Whenever I've seen Joe play an MMO, I've only ever seen him uh, play female characters for the most part in MMOs. Yeah. Other than his shaman. So the the one thing about World of Warcraft, I mean, and a lot of games do this, where they have a number of different races races you can play as, right? So um, Joe picked like a Tauren, which is like kind of like cow people. This, they're cow people is what they are. They're like large cow bull people. He picked a, a, a cow dude to play as a shaman. Um, but every other character I've ever seen him play has pretty much been a female character. So mm-hmm. why is this? I don't know. I just like to watch the broads <laughs> run around on the screen. I like to watch the broads run around on screen. Dude, man, when I played City of Heroes, because I had a female character in City of Heroes, I had this this guy hitting on me. I'm like, it's a character. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got so That's mad. Fine. But yeah, no, I don't know. I just, I think, it, I think it comes down to, like, I always think that, like, some, like, because I'm a fan of, like, strong female characters in, like, comic books and stuff. Okay, so and, and this movies. gets to like the character creation ownership. Yeah. So, you, like, and I know, like, and maybe this is tipping my hand too much. And um, I know talking to you about World of Warcraft and other things that we have played together, like, you do feel a connection with the characters that you make, and you kind of start pondering yeah. like their origin of what they are and who they are. Well, like, even with the characters I made for WoW and other, and even in EverQuest, um, I would, I would, because I, I'm pretty creative. Like, and I, you know, I play D anD D a lot, so I would always make backstories. Like, me and my friends would like. Like, when we were in our guild, sometimes we had a role-playing section for, you know, if we wanted to be creative writers and just mm-hmm. kind of come up with, like, stories. And I, I've done backstories for characters. And, you know, as, as terrible as that may sound, and you guys are like, ah, you're a Harry Potter fan fiction geek, 
you know, it's it's something. It's a character ownership. You enjoy playing a character, and you 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 can get immersed in it. And that's then that's what it gets to. So like, oh, so here's my here's my admission. My first character I ever made was Night Elf. So it was Alliance. It was a priest. I don't know why, because everyone's like, ah, oh, you should play a priest to heal heal people. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I played Shadow, which is more. Like DPS, like damage yeah. side. Which probably when you started was a bad idea because <laughs> Shadow was terrible. Yeah, I had no idea. Leveling that guy to like level 52 when the level cap was 60 before Burning Crusade came out, everyone's like, how did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I it just was 50. Like, well, it was like 60 and then 70 Fif- with Burning Crusade. So no. 60 was the cap. I thought 50 was the cap in, in, in vanilla. I'm pretty sure it was 60. I don't know. but I could be um, wrong. I was like, it's 50, messed up now. Yeah. It's 110. It's, it's, well, yeah. So, um, but. <laughs> Here was my character's name. Here, <laughs> Pastafarian was my char- my my original night elf because I was all about like the flying spaghetti monster and they call him Pastafarians. I must have looked like an idiot walking around I was like that guy's called Pastafarian. I don't want to ever play with this guy whatsoever, you know. So um, that was my character uh, because of Joe. And then Joe was like, "Why didn't you play Horde?" I'm like, "I don't know." Night elves seem cool. So because uh, there's two factions, there's Alliance and Horde. Alliance. You know, they're, they're the better side, whatever. And then there's Horde, which they're like the angry, ugly side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, new expansion being announced, Legion, which is coming out sometime next year. Um, there's features. There's some cool things. But the reason I'm interested in talking about this. Oh, and I got to mention our, our good friend Illidan Stormrage, who is going to be featured in this. So he's famous for saying this. You are not prepared. It, that's, you know, that's always his big thing. It's always like, no matter what you do, you're not prepared. You know, it's funny not to sidetrack too much off the Blizzard stuff, but he has a he has an ability in Heroes of the Storm that's like one of his ultimate attacks. Well, I was going to mention like the crossover, yeah. but yeah, please do. So. <laughs> he says that when you trigger it, like he jumps to somebody on the map and just starts beating them down. Yeah, and um, it's so funny because when he does it, and if like somebody ganks him, I'm always just like, I was totally prepared because <laughs> you're dead now. Like, so yeah, uh, Illidan Stormrage is going to be a, a key figure in the new expansion coming Legion. Um, so like I'm excited. I've been playing this game. I haven't been playing as long as Joe and I know Joe stopped, but it's like, I jumped in probably a year and a half, like maybe two years into the lifespan of the game, but I've still been playing and I could put it down. Like it used to really have its hooks in me and now I have like a job and I have to go to it. I can't play as much as I used to. I think everybody Um, who's played it has had its hooks in them for at some point in time. Yeah. and, And so like there was a point, um, that when when World of Warcraft uh, a few years ago, they had a subscriber base like um, like twelve point five million people, and that's like twelve times more than like the second place MMO. Like there's been a couple that tr- like if they get a million players, they're happy. And and WoW was like the like what the two hundred pound gorilla in yeah. the room or six hundred pound gorilla, yeah. whatever you call it. it was, I was it, like two hundred's not that bad. It's, it's I a pretty be heavy worried. gorilla. Pretty like, heavy that's gorilla. a scrawny gorilla. He's yeah. not going to do anything. Yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now they recently had like a um a, like um. A call, like they 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 call it, like um, earnings call or something, like fourth quarter, third quarter. Their subscription numbers are down to five million. Um, it spiked again to ten when the most recent expansion came out, but it's dropped to five. But yeah, Blizzard, um, Activision Blizzard, which is also Activision that does Call of Duty and everything else, they've actually had an increase in earnings in that time. And it's because you mentioned Heroes of the Storm, which is doing really really well, which is a different type of game. Um, it's called a MOBA, which is like more action oriented than um, yeah. like Twitch oriented, meaning like you more reactionary than uh, um, kind than, of yeah. And then um, also Hearthstone, which is a, a trading card game. Yeah, that's out now. Blizzard's pretty much covering every base with a computer game. They have Overwatch coming out, which, which is, is a lot like it's a shooter. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a like, shooter, 
a first-person shooter a lot like Team Fortress 2, which is a popular um, uh, co-op-based, like, uh, versus team, team, team versus co-op game with a... There was a report recently that came out that said Hearthstone um, monthly makes twenty million. Yeah, well, the, uh, Hearthstone's a whole other monster. I play a lot of Hearthstone too um, because it's super casual for me. Like I play it on my phone, like one or two games and, a day, and that's my point. Because like you and you and I are getting older, and our, our our windows to to devote to games are getting smaller, right? Mm-hmm. So, which is you know ultimately unfortunate for gaming, but probably more beneficial for living. Um, like Hearthstone's very pick up and play. Heroes of the Storm's very pick up and play. It is. Um, Diablo, it's a little bit more of a time sink, but it's also you can just walk away from it. You can. Like Diablo, like like when I play Diablo, because season four is going to start this month, so I'll probably jump back on the Diablo train and level a character because Blizzard does a ton of cross promotions. Like if you get a character to level 70 in season four of Diablo, they give you a free mountain Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, and, and Diablo is what they call a dungeon crawler where you have like a dude, you can like, like a single character or you can be up to four, I think. Mm-hmm. And you go like in these dungeons with a bunch of like endless monsters and you just go kill and get loot and get stronger and stronger and stronger as you go. It's a little different than MMO because there's not that role play. Well, I guess there's some role playing, but not, there, not there, as strong. It's not as character driven. It's not as character and coordinated driven. Like you don't need... You don't need to have a solid round group for Diablo. You don't have to be like, well, if we don't have this character and this character and this character, we're not going to be able to defeat this per- this boss or this person. Yeah. You could go in there with like four witch doctors who have all the same ability, and it's going to be the same experience of you just laying down a ton of damage and just rolling over things. Diablo is reminiscent of classic gauntlet games from arcade. That's a good. That's a really good explanation where it's like just roll in, kill yeah. stuff, don't shoot food, and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. Like if like take gauntlet, and then instead of you just dropping quarters and running through ghosts and things like that, you actually get gear to make your characters better. And you can tailor what their abilities are. So, so like, um, I, and I guess I just kind of want to get back to not not get back to, but like, kind of hone in on the World of Warcraft thing because Joe asked me like, well, we're putting together the show this week. He's like, do you want to talk about MMOs? I'm like, we can, but it's like, so Joe has a much bigger MMO resume than I do. Like, I, I've I've played a lot of World yeah. World of Warcraft. I tinkered briefly with um, Knights of the Old Republic, the Star Wars MMO. That's on my resume, too. I played both uh, Star... I played Star Wars Galaxies, which is really funny, uh, and in, and funny in a terms of, like, Sony did a terrible job with that. And then um, I played Knights of the Old Republic. Do you feel like we should talk about um, Galaxies at another point when we discuss Star Wars because the whole Jedi problem that happened there? Mm, no, because I don't... Like, Star Wars is, like, a like a world. I don't want to include okay. that in because that's, that's a big chunk. Um, and then I played like Wildstar and yeah, I played, you know, the head vampire, this son of a gun got me playing Wildstar and I got hooked for like a couple months. And he quit. <laughs> Wildstar is kind of like take World of Warcraft with its like comical cartoon elements. It's in space and mix it in space and kind of like this, um, like sci-fi kind of like borderlands type of feel to it. And it was cool. It's just that I felt like I was so behind the curve that I just could never, ever get current. I will tell you this, um, the Old Republic, Star Wars: The Old Republic, which takes place after the Knights of the Old Republic games, which is an M- it's an MMO as well. That's probably one of the best MMOs I played since WoW because BioWare did a phenomenal job on all the voice acting and the okay. storylines. Like I got immersed in that, and I remember playing. I played a Sith warrior that actually wasn't a girl, 
Um, as my, no. Yeah. <laughs> as my main character. It was and, very, it was very female shape though. No, I don't know. Like, no, no, he was, he was a brute, but, uh, <laughs> with but, birthing hips. Yeah. And I was just like, it was, I don't know what that means, but I remember playing him and I remember getting really immersed in the story and I was just like, this is really cool. And I remember there's a really cool plot point in the game where, you know, your character does something super Sith like, and I'm like, man, this is great. But then it had all the elements of the MMO too. So, okay. So yeah, like Knights of the Republic, like Wildstar, and then I even played the Secret World for like a, a hot minute. Like it was, I almost played it, but then everybody told me not to. <laughs> whenever, whenever your intro to your character is that you swallowed a bee that it gave you powers, I'm kind of out the door. That was like the whole character hook is like, oh, the special bee flew in and you swallowed it. I'm like, I get it. Like I could be an undead warrior. I can be a space goat. I can be a werewolf. Don't just tell me I swallowed a bee because it seems kind of weird. So I kind of stopped. Playing. Maybe there was a flood coming and the bee was trying to get in the water. <laughs> I don't know, but I could show you like literally the cutscene is like you're sleeping and then a bee flies into your throat and you're like, I have powers now. I'm like, really writers? That was your best intro in there is that you swallowed a bee. Oh, well. Yeah. So, um, so with, with this world of Warcraft, like I still play, I feel a really deep connection to like my main character, which I play a shaman as well. Probably influenced by Joe. I play Alliance. I play a space goat. It's a blue guy. It looks kind of like a goat, kind of not like a goat. Like, I enjoy playing a shaman. It's a good class. Um, but I'm really excited for the new expansion, and not just because of content, because there's always going to be stories. There's always going to be quests. I, so this most recent expansion that came out called Warlords of Draenor, I am seeing people that I played with five, six years ago come back to the game. And it's like seeing family you have not seen for four or five years. Mm-hmm. And I was flipping out. I'm like, you're back and you're back. Like, I was so happy to see, like, um, I used to play a West Coast time schedule because I used to work till like 11 o'clock midnight East Coast. So there's a lot of people I know that live in California and Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And there's even a couple people I know that live in Australia that would be like middle of the day for them to play. Yeah. And, I, and there was a group of kids that um, they've grown up in Hawaii. And when they showed back up again, I lost my mind because they were the greatest kids ever. Like, I, it's like, it was, it was like coming back to like, I don't know, like a high school reunion, yeah. maybe not, but it was just like, I was so happy to see all these people again. There was a lot of people that I, I couldn't imagine seeing again from like my guild and stuff like that. Cause there were like, there were people that I would, that I would run with and we would do raids with. And then there was people that I would always hang out with and talk like that. They would just join the channel. And even if they weren't in our group, we would all just kind of BS. And I think that is the memories that you make. Yeah. And like, and, and Joe called me out on this saying, um, like last week when we talked about vacation summer camp. He's like, you want to talk about World of Warcraft? Like it's a summer camp. I'm like, kinda. It is a you summer know, camp. It, it's just a really long summer camp. It is. It, you make friends like you do at summer camp and they're, they're great friends for life, but it's not like a friend that you see every day on your street or at school yeah so so spoiler alert and i'm not going to press the button but the the gentleman that we interviewed for the pie in the sky game who you should ryan jones you should go buy the game it's a fun game we met because of world of warcraft mm-hmm. and and he played a rogue i played a shaman it was love at first sight not really but you know like we, we got along really well and it's like and he's moved on to other things he doesn't play well anymore but it's like like because of that, it's like I met really cool people, and they go yeah. on to do really cool things. Like there's a, a friend of mine who is a mathematics professor out in California. It's like just the people that you meet, and just the different paths that you cross. And like, and Joe and I spent many a night playing together, doing uh, PvP and arenas, and losing horribly, but having a really yeah, good we time. A blast. Yeah. So it's like I don't know. Like I feel like I'm excited for the new WoW expansion, not so much because of the content, because that's going to be there. I'm excited for the people that I want to see. 
And I feel like, and I, and I wonder because I mean, there's going to be a point in my life where clearly it's like, I'm going to leave gaming and, and leave this life. I'm going to move on to the next level, whatever that is. Right. And I just, and it's just this whole thing of like, I've spent so much time there that that's a part of me. And I think that's kind of important, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know how to register that it's a video game. Right. And it's like call of duty does it now with like perks and talents and all that stuff. Destiny is trying to do it. It's like, there, like I think that if you get your hooks in you where it's like you feel like this is an extension of self, you're more inclined to come back to it. Well, it's funny because like I played uh, – like we talked about this a little bit today because I was like, do you want to solely talk about MMOs or do you want to talk about the multiplayer aspect? Because the multiplayer aspect of these games is really what makes them such a good game. You can build a great skeleton around the gameplay of a game, which will sell it no matter what. But if you want it to be a smash success, you need to have the people there – the fan base, you need to have the the guilds and, and the social aspect. I played Call of Duty for probably four or five years, like one after another, which is very kind of like, I don't know, a lot of people look down on that because, I mean, you know... It's, it's one of the most popular selling games out there, so I don't, I don't know is. who looks down on that. Well, like, I'm, I'm not good at it. I'm terrible at Call of Duty, but, like, but yeah... I made a lot of friends. Like, one of my buddies who I worked with, we found out we both like Call of Duty, and then we both started playing together. And then in turn, like, we, I met some of his friends, he met some of my friends, and we always had our squads. So it's like when, you know, you'd have seven or eight people on, and it's just like a raid in, in Warcraft, except for you're doing, like, 20-minute matches. And you'd be like, okay, let's grab this person. Let's grab this person. Yeah. This person's on. Let's get them in, and then we can go, we can go run some Capture the Flag. And it was like you felt comfortable with your squad because, like, you knew how you all played together regularly. You knew how it all worked. And even if someone wasn't, like, like super elitist and good, it's like this person is trying their best and they're a fun person to have around. Right. And that's way more a better, like, environment than the go, 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 why why are you doing this? You yeah. know, and it's like, and I feel like with World of Warcraft, and I'm, you know what, I'm going to give a shout out to my guild right now. I'm just going to give a, you know what, Legends of Poker, we don't know why we have that name because none of us play poker, but Legends of Poker, you guys have been there for me for a number of years and I enjoy, I enjoy spending time with all of you. Like, I will log in on a Friday night and my, and my friend will be like, do you want to go raid? And I'm like, yes. And I will just get drunk and raid like Friday night. That's what, that's my goal on Friday nights is just to go well, and do and try my best, but probably white people, you know, you, you know, you're with a good group of dudes. Cause my, like my guilds and stuff like that. And my squads, they would always like, like destiny. Now, like my one buddy that played call of duty with, like I got him turned on to destiny and I always tease him. Cause like, I remember when the Xbox one came out and he's like, what kind of games are going to be good for this man? And I'm like, well, destiny's coming out next year. And yeah. he's like, I hate halo. I'm never going to play that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> This guy, I can never not see him on Destiny. I'm just like, oh, look at you now. I'm like, if you had only played WoW, man, those, that thing, those hooks would have been in you hardcore. Yeah. but Well, it's like a friend of mine who's super into Destiny, and he actually had texted me today. He's like, hey, you're going to be on like 8 o'clock tonight? I'm like, I'm recording. Yeah. He's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah. I'm so sorry that I'm podcasting <laughs> and not playing Destiny right now. Yeah. my buddy, you know? Actually, I talked to my buddy on my way home from work, and he's like, are you going to hop on Destiny tonight? And I was like, actually, I have my podcast I have to do. He's like, all right, well, if you get on afterwards, let me know. Because like... He's pretty much like twinked, you know, to to head to toe. He's got tons of gear that he doesn't need to redo stuff, but he'll go do it to hang out with people, and that's the kind of people you want you make friends with. Because, so, like, yeah, you're right. So, like, here's the question. I guess this is really, really what it comes down to. And and are we prepared? We're prepared. Um, like, are we at a point now as a society of gamers and entertainment focused people 
that where we acknowledge that it's almost like a superhero thing where it's like we have ourselves, then we have this double life. And mm-hmm. the double life is I'm a guardian in, in uh, Destiny, and I'm just going to go in and shockwave the hell out of people just because I can. Well, a or, lot of or am I, do that. am I a shaman in World of Warcraft where it's like, I'm going to heal you, but I'm also going to go try to kill this thing with a bunch of wind fury. Like, yeah. it's just, I feel like, like we're at a point now where we can start identifying with different portions of ourself. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I think it's amazing. It is because like, it's, I mean, for a lot of like, you know, geeks and nerds out there, it's, it's different than like, I have my friends that I could go out to the bar with and like, they will, you know, we'll talk about things like work. We'll talk about sports every once in a while. We'll talk about movies. And then, like, you know, we'll have, like, we'll talk about the beers we're drinking and how we like certain craft beers or, like, I would like whiskey. And that's Joe. But, like, if I go on to World of Warcraft and or any other MMO and I'm with my guildmates, then I'm, I'm, I'm Brutaris. Like, yeah. I'm the shaman. They're like, we know him because he does this. We know he's going to, like, totally steal aggro and pull the monsters away from the tank and get himself killed. And we're all going to have a laugh about it. Or he's just going to DPS the thing down like crazy. And then it's going to be, you know, whatever. Yeah. So same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a different type of feeling. And it's like, everybody knows everybody's a real person, but at the same time, you're kind of in these avatars and you kind of live together as a group of friends that are in and, this and, world. And have those helped you fill the gap sometimes where like, maybe you're a down point at like, your, your regular existence, like job, social life, whatever. It's like, you know, things aren't going so well, but here I can be a hero. Here I can do something. And I'm not thinking like as in the sense of like you literally think like I could save all the Azeroth right now, but it's more like, you know what? I can work towards a goal here. Maybe things aren't so great now, but I can do this. Well, yeah. A lot okay. of times like if, if, you know, I'm down or something like that, I'll play video games because it takes my mind off it or it gives me something to focus on. Um, the social act aspect is just another, yeah, like, I, have, I have a heck of a lot more gold and wow than I do in real life. Yeah. That's, you know, just, and I have a cool motorcycle too. That's, I don't have that in real life. I don't have a cool motorcycle <laughs> you shouldn't have or cool dragons. Motorcycle. I don't have dragons that can fly around on in real life, but, yeah. but like, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I guess it's just like I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I'm excited for the new WoW expansion. I know Joe's not never going to play it again. You um, never know. I might. I mean, I have a couple of friends that did Draenor Warlords of Draenor, and they've always tried to get me to come back. I you know what's funny is like I remember when I was playing WoW, and it's I think it was in during Wrath of the Lich King. Um, I got really curious, and I fired up my EQ expansion or my EQ subscription again. Um, and I walked in there and I didn't know what to do. And I was just like, why did I do this? Yeah. So well, that with, could happen. Like Wildstar is about to go free to play. And yeah. that's a whole nother conversation for another day. I'm going to probably log back in once it's free to play because it was, it was subscription based, meaning monthly charge. Now it's going to have microtransactions. I didn't mind Wildstar. I actually, I finally, I had, um, I had a robe was a robot character. I forget what they call those the the race of robot people. I don't there. Even remember. What the I don't know. I had a robot like medic, and it was actually a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. it was cool. And but World of Warcraft, I don't know what it is. I can go like two months without playing it, but then I can log in for like ten hours and just be like, maybe not ten. That's that's unrealistic now. Four to five hours and just yeah. like have a good time. Also, side note before we get on to the next thing, like Blizzard understands this. They've acknowledged that like they're they see they expect to see their subscription numbers spike. Like like Peak and Valley from here on out because they have acknowledged that their player base is getting older and doesn't have time to play. So the interesting things they're doing now is finding different things you can do. Like they're doing like offline content progression, meaning you can go and set up like missions for people that you that you have associated with you. And it's basically I don't want to call it a Facebook game. 
but it's kind of like you can set like things up to you can go check on them. Kind of not Farmville. That's not the right yeah, way. To I know what it, you but, mean. You know, it's like a time sink game. Yeah. Like, okay, like, you go. You would go and tell your your blacksmith and your garrison to make this. Yeah, and, and then, then you, you would come back and check on them in in two hours real time. Yeah, and so they they do like those missions with followers, and now they've added a new layer with naval yeah. missions where you send ships out to do things. It's like for me, I can go truck check like every couple hours and see like oh this is going on versus playing continuously. They're acknowledging that their their player base is getting older and it's it's an interesting thing to see what's going to happen in the next like 10 years when that player base gets older to the point like you're getting borderline retirement age like, yeah. what's going to happen with this i remember playing with people when i was in my mid-20s i remember playing with people in their 40s and they they were pretty hardcore about it and now you know they're even a little older and then i even remember people like i remember there's this one guy to my guild and he would be online and he would be PvPing and we would just send him messages and he would never reply. And it was because his five-year-old was playing in PvP, <laughs> just soaking up XP and honor, yeah. like doing terrible. And we're like, dude, how could you do that to your team? He's like, I don't care. I'm getting honor. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's, I yeah. just tell him to attack the red people. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm excited. Um, Legion's coming um, for those that play WoW. Demon Hunters are coming. They're going to be cool. I'm excited. I'm just, I'm just excited because it's like, I'll tell I feel you like, what, yeah. I'll make you a deal. If you can get me somehow some people to play with on the Horde side, I'll, I'll come back and play with you. you. I'll play Horde. I don't care. Not you. I need... Oh, I, not, not me. You don't want to play with me. No, I, I need more it. than you. Oh. Because like my buddies who fired up for uh, Draenor, uh, I was like, oh, you guys are playing and they're, yeah, but we're Alliance. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I'll play Horde. I'll play Horde if you come back for Legion. That'll be fine. So... Um, all right, so th- th- enough about that. Um, so, okay, two two quick things. One, please, please, please follow us on Twitter at Invading Podcast, um, g- Invading Podcast Gmail dot com, Facebook. It's Invasion of the Podcast. You know what? Also, go on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us some positive reviews because that goes a long way. So, like, yeah. uh, like four if, star review on iTunes would be awesome. If you really like appreciate the show, it. Yeah, yeah, if you like it, we know you're out there listening. I mean, even if you're horde people, please go give us four star review. Joe will like it; it'd be fine. You know, I'll even appreciate Alliance likes. Yeah, so because um, that that helps kind of like like I don't know, spin the wheel and get people like excited about things. So we'd appreciate that. Also, coloring contest, arts and crafts contest, still out there. Have had some interest. Have not seen what you guys are making for us yet. So please, we put up links on the webpage to download, um, like the, the, the coloring contest to, cause we talked about the wet hot American summer, summer camp activities, color the logo, make something fun with the logo. We have a cool prize coming. Don't know what it is yet, but it's coming. There'll be a cool prize. This like, just color the logo, show photos of it. Like just, it'd be something fun. Yeah. Like, like uh, Joe has not shown me what he's done with the logo yet, but it's going to be cool. My I, car still. <laughs> I don't no. have anything to color with at all. I will give you crayons. It's fine. So we'll make that happen. So please do that. Um, but yeah, like, let's get on to this last bit. Um, I know we talked a lot about MMOs, but now we're going to talk about um, this. It's clobbering time. Fantastic Four did not do well at all. No. It opened at like... What? And I want to thank all of you for not sharing. <laughs> our podcast and liking it so that wait, i don't wait, have wait. to go see the movie wait wait you're, no. you're just now just saying people don't share i know it. i know i totally retroacted what you just said no we want you to share but because you guys didn't share that means that i, I didn't tried, have to go see that movie. i tried sharing the hell out of last week's podcast to get people excited so you're like haha joe has to watch the new like yeah so yeah um <laughs> so anyway 
Um, Fantastic Four did not do well. Not that we were actively cheering against it, because I don't want to see any superhero property do badly. No, I wasn't. Um, you, yeah. Don't don't get mistaken. You know, it's like we always talk about DC and you know how we 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 talk negatively. I guess you could say negatively about DC, which we don't we don't hate it, and we don't hate Fantastic Four. I like Fantastic Four. They're a part, they're an important part of the Marvel f- like like franchise. They're the first superhero family. Yeah. they're the first superhero group that they yeah. had. So, I hate to see it do this. $26 million U.S. opening, supposedly $120 million budget, and that does not count advertising that went into it. That's rough, mm-hmm. right? And then, to, on top of that, and we're going to snowball through this real quickly to get to what we want to talk about. Um, there was a tweet that came out by um, the Nerdpocalypse. Um, the, they're at, at the, those nerds. Okay. They said... At the Fantastic Four screening, and Fox is passing out a survey to decide what to do with the franchise, dot, dot, dot. That's not a good thing. This movie's been torn apart, and Fox is asking what to do. Well, my question would be, like, like you guys know, like, well, I guess it's not a question. My response would be, you guys know what you got to do because you've like, got the X-Men franchise back on track. Like, what is wrong? And, and there's been rumors that Josh Trank, who um, I know Joe's going to mention the tweet that he put out. I don't know if you actually have that yeah, or not. Yeah, I have the tweet. Um, um, let me let me find it here. Josh Trank, director, um, kind of stepped away from the movie towards the end there because uh, he knew it wasn't going to be good. But but there's been a lot of like talk about, like, was it his doing? Yeah. He tweeted, uh, and this got deleted and pulled down, but he tweeted, a year ago I had a fantastic version of this, and it would have received great reviews. You'll probably never see it. That's reality, though. Yeah. So uh, shortly after um, Fantastic Four wrapped, he stepped away from Star Wars. I don't blame him because the Fox has kind of been meddling because there's rumors now that they ripped out three action set pieces and they actually did not give him final edit for the movie. And they kind of they cobbled together the third act of the movie. Yeah. So it's like I, it sounds like a lot of studio intervention for this. Doesn't mean I'm going to end up watching it and liking it. I'm just saying that you. Well, I read a I read a basic. A synopsis of it like somebody wrote and it 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 basically was summed up in like three paragraphs and it it sounded terrible yeah unfortunately i heard it was like a lot of setup and then not much like uh-huh. follow through it was pretty much what it was yeah. right so um you know hopefully there's some stuff out there because i even heard that there's like stuff in the trailer that's not even the movie like the thing dropping from like like the the, the uh, whatever like the car- cargo jet or something that's not even in the movie. Like that whole bit just got wiped out. Like I don't know oh. what happened, but um, so it's unfortunate. I believe that there could be a good Fantastic Four movie. So my recommendation is give it to Marvel. Like just give it to Marvel. Just give it, let them do it. I would like to see a Fantastic Four movie, uh, like you said, Kirby style, um, Lee Kirby style, like in the sixties. It'd be fun. And I kind of would like to almost see them like not. I would. I don't want another origin movie. Okay, no. you've had three Fantastic Four movies. We Four. know. <laughs> oh, four. Yeah, Roger Corman's. Four I'll Fantas- that in a second, yeah. Four Fantastic Four movies. I'm like, give me the Fantastic Four that are already at the Baxter Building and are like these yeah. these celebrity superheroes. Uh, brief aside, the Roger Corman produced Fantastic Four movie from the mid-90s is available online. I'm going to recommend going to watch it. It was made for $1 million. It's not good, but there's so much there. You're like, you know what? These guys kind of had an idea what they're doing. Their argument has been that whoever owned the rights was just trying to get a movie out there, so it was never meant to be released. I challenge you to watch it and tell me that that their heart wasn't in the right place because the thing looks good for what it is, for $1 million, and some of the banter back and forth between the four of them is actually not bad. 
Um, like John, like there's no real good explanation for why Johnny or Sue are there ever, but Johnny's a hothead. Like literally he's like, you know, this like always wanting to do stuff, wanting to do stuff. And Sue's playing like, I'm so shy and afraid of conflict. It's like such a horrible, like I, small I version of her, but it's like, they kind of get the core versions of what they're all about. You know, what's funny is like a lot of the, the, some of the reviews and the, the synopsis I've read that about Kate Mara's character that they kind of like pigeonholed her into like a, like a very, I don't know why they can't make her a strong female character. She's because the best character. She's the strongest of all four. one. Her powers are ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And like any She can kill you with a thought. Like, yeah. Why is that not the most powerful character? And I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like when it comes down to it, it's like Johnny's still just an immature hothead. Yeah. Ben is always going to be clobber and time thing. And then like between Sue and, and Reed, it's like I would take Sue in a heartbeat over like Reed on my team just because Reed can just be like a dick. Yeah. So my question to Joe, and this is my question that I've, I've posed to myself, and I'm going to pose to all you people too, with when they recast the Fantastic Four, because you know it's going to happen, because clearly they're going to do another origin story, or hopefully just give it to Marvel, who would you guys cast in the roles of Fantastic Four? And we're just going to throw Dr. Doom in there, because he seems to be like the He's guy that he's going put, to do. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I'm not a big Fantastic Four fan, but by God, if you could give me a good Fantastic Four uh, movie just to springboard Dr. Doom... Because Doctor Doom is one of the best villains in Marvel Universe. Just please watch the Corman one. He doesn't get much to do, but like they got the, the actual outfit right and the over dramatic, like you know, the hand waving and everything else. Please just watch that. Like I'm, that's my challenge to Joe. Just like at least watch parts of that movie because you're like, I can kind of see where they're going with that. He may never watch it, but I'm going to challenge him for that anyway. So, right. um, and then also I put down here a director. That was my also my challenge too. I, know well, I don't I mentioned know about that a too. director. So, so who do you, who would be your Reed Richards? Uh, I actually had two, and okay. I think the first one I wrote down, I was kind of like, I could kind of see Andrew Lincoln okay. playing Reed Richards, From, um, but Walking ul- Dead. ultimately David Tennant. Uh, you know, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Mm. I have George Clooney. Yeah, Clooney would be a good one, too. They're, a little older, like, but like he like, would have that kind of smarm. Like Tennant, though. Tennant t- would be so good, though. Tennant would have the physical makeup of Reed, and then yeah. the way that he played the doctor is such is so intelligent of a, like, a, not a smart ass. And he's but, also aloof. Yeah. Like, I just think Clooney would have that kind of, like, smarm and, like, I know what's going on this entire right. time and kind of have that, like, yeah. I don't know. So, so that would, that Tennant would be my number one cast for Reed Richards. Okay. Susan Storm. Uh, Susan Storm, uh, it would be between Amber Heard and Alice Eve. And I think oh, Alice, those are both really good options. I think Alice Eve would probably be my my number one Sue Storm. I stole Joe's answer; he didn't even know it. Charlie Theron would be my uh, Sue Storm. You know what? Strong, I, strong Susan Storm. My my Charlie Theron, I really want for Carol Danvers. I want her okay. for Captain Marvel because I uh, like part of my thing was like George Clooney's a little older. I don't want to give him like some like you right. Know, and I mean, girl, so Charlie Theron's not that much older. And I know like I've had an argument. She just turned forty, by the way. Yeah. I just that just like is amazing <laughs> to me. Like, and my one buddy, he's like, she's way too old to play Captain Marvel. I'm like, no, no she's, she's not. not. No, yeah. Johnny Storm. Who do you have? Johnny Storm. The only one I thought, and this one, I I couldn't find a good Johnny Storm. Like, I looked at I looked at a couple people, and I was thinking Aaron Paul, but I was like, no, <laughs> no, that's my answer. Aaron Paul's my no, answer. But I went with Flame on, bitch. I went with I'm going to say his last name wrong. Ryan Kawatatane, like from uh, True Blood. Did you ever watch True Blood? I watch True Blood. But he I played, have Aaron Paul. You can look at my like, but I'm not going to show you. He who played. The rest uh, of my people are. He played Jason Stackhouse on True Blood. Oh. So anybody who's watched True Blood, because pretty much Jason Stackhouse is almost Johnny Storm. Oh, I just but, think Aaron Paul could have been a lot of fun with that too. Yeah, he uh, would. But oh, they took my answer. So as long as as long as 
as long as in, in some part he goes up to Reed and he's like, yeah, science, bitch. I actually almost was going to make a joke about making all the casting for Breaking Bad and be like, Richard Reed Richards should be uh, Brian Cranston. And then I was going to say the thing should be, um, it, it should be, oh, what's his face? It should be Airman Trout. It should be uh, Mike. Mike Airman Trout. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, but who's going to be Sue Storm? I'm like, oh, it has to be Anna Gunn. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Nah. But that would have been a great Fantastic Four that just make yeah. meth and then they fight the power cosmic. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Who is your Ben Grimm slash the thing? So I put down Chickless only because I still think Chickless oh, is like the best. He's so good. He's my favorite. But if I had to recast somebody as uh, Ben Grimm uh, away from Chickless, I would do Rory McCann, who plays the Hound on Game of Thrones. That's a good one. I, you know, not because it's the literal name. I put down The Rock. I, yeah, that would be a good one. I think The Rock would have a lot of fun with it. And, and then what about this guy? Daddy needs to get his rocks off. David Cross as the thing because he played the thing in Arrested Development season four. <laughs> No. Have you seen that? I haven't. I, you know I have not. You haven't seen season four? I haven't even watched all oh. of season two. I, I watched it oh. when we were working at Blockbuster, and I couldn't go back to it. I there was, like, was a eh. bit where he actually plays like a washed up like guy that's on the street playing like the thing, but he can't say it's the thing. And he's wearing like this terrible thing outfit. Mm-hmm. He's walking into his house. And he's trying to talk to his daughter, but there's like a catch a predator going on. And so he's trying to take his suits off, but that's what he ends up saying. He ends up saying, Daddy needs to get his rocks off. And then they just swarm in on him and like take him out. And it's like he's still dressed up as a thing, but he wants to take off his rock suit. It's terrible. So you didn't. People, people that see Rust Development, you'd appreciate that. So anyway. Sorry. You're Dr. Doom. Uh, okay, I had three Dr. Dooms. And this oh, is, Doom this, I. This is really hard to pick. It could not be hard to pick because the other ones could probably pick Doom Bots. But <laughs> I have Mark Strong. Good one. Uh, Mark Strong played. Um, he's an English actor. Yeah, he played. He was in Kingsman. He, he was, was in, in uh, Kick Ass. He played Sinestro and Green Sinestro, Lantern. Yeah, usually a bald guy. Um, he was the villain in Sunshine. Joaquin Phoenix. Sure, I think uh, Joaquin. Yeah. Fe- he has that look. Like, yeah, like he, he would have an intense stare. He has that intense him. stare that Doom has. And then I think, I think my pick would be John Hamm. Oh, that'd be so good. I didn't. So I had two. Uh, one because I think it'd be great because of the character, the actor, and the other two because of the accent. Mm-hmm. Carl Urban, yeah, would be a good Doom because I think he would really get into it. Yep, Christoph Waltz, just because of the accent and just like he was so scary in Glorious Bastards. As but like, Doom, but see, like for me, like Doom is like more brooding, and Waltz isn't brooding. No, but like, but he seems like genuine, like like kind of like. Oh, this guy is welcoming me, but at a turn in time he could just like kill you. Yeah, and like and and Doom is kind of charismatic at times. And I just thought, but but Carl Urban would be so good as Doom. Like, it would be. Just, yeah, like I mean, after playing yeah. Dread, because like yeah. he, Doom he, Dread, like, Doom same, Dread, you know, similar feelings. same kind of yeah. like yeah. <laughs> um, director, do you have a director? In I mind? didn't come up with a director. Okay. Sorry, I have two. Who you got? Brad Bird, because he did The Incredibles. Brad and Bird, it, it'd be so good because in Ghost you're, Protocol was so good. You're right. Yeah. Brad Bird would do do that a lot of justice. The other one, this is an oddball. Don Coscarelli, Cos Coscarelli, guy did uh, Phantasm and John dies at the end. Um, because and, and also Bubba Hotep. Because I don't he, have a good enough reference because for that. he does weird but also funny. And I think if you gave him like a cosmic trippy thing, it would be a lot of fun. Like if you've seen John dies at the end, like you should watch that movie because it's. It's it, the entire time this movie feels wrong, but you're laughing the entire time, and it's like, like I don't know. There, there's like an insult. You actually care for the characters, but it's so ridiculous. I wouldn't want a funny Fantastic Four movie, though. I would want I, humor I want the bickering, in it. I want like the, of the family, yeah. you know, like so. 
but I think Brad Bird would be like the de facto but choice for that. I would like to see, and I would actually like to see Franklin and uh, Valeria in the in the movie too. So who would be Herbie? Herbie, the, the robot companion. You know the, the, yeah, the Herbie. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so um, please uh, let us know what your casting choices would be fantastic for. Like, we've been kind of kicking around the idea of doing a casting couch segment or casting casting couch. Way different idea, sorry. Hey, hey, thing, you wanted this movie so bad? Alice, good, Alice, good. Eve, please yeah. please come in for casting for Susan. Stone. Yeah, just, you know, like... Uh, Daddy needs to get his rocks off. You know, like, that, no, that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, man. let us know who you would cast, not on the couch, for Fantastic Four, and at uh, Invading Podcast on uh, Twitter, and Invading Podcast on Gmail, and on the Facebook. So um, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thank you for for our tales of, of yesteryear for MMOs and listening to us talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and let us know what your MMO memories are, because I know that, like, you know what? I, I was going to put this yeah. in my notes. I was going to no, shout out to Matt. Uh, oh, for his joke. Yeah. So uh, one of our listeners, he brought up uh, an idea for the podcast that we should do a live uh, cast at a screening of the Fantastic Four because no one will be there. So that was a really have, good joke. So Matt, that props to you for that we, joke. We will have all the, the theater to ourselves to do yeah. our podcast. So, um, yeah. So anyway, let us know what you think, uh, what, we, what we've been talking about. Uh, please submit stuff to the coloring slash crafts contest. It'd be great. If you guys message, you can either direct message us on Twitter or Facebook or email us, but send us a good MMO story. Uh, like we had just shared, and we'll we'll read it out at the next cast. Yeah, because uh, Matt, if you remember, you used to PvP with Joe and I and do arenas. <laughs> uh, there's and, some good stories there. And run away a lot while you were invisible. <laughs> so please, like, uh, let us know. Um, it would be great. So anyway, I think that's going to do us do it for us for now. Um, it's been it's been a fun time. I'm about to hit the wrong button here, so that that's uh, surprising to no one, right? Let me where where did I go with this thing? Oh, here we go. And let's do this. Oh, no. I hit the wrong button again. No, no, we're never going to end the podcast. We're never going to end the podcast. Here we go. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, have a good week, and we will talk to you next time.
Daddy needs to get his rocks off. <laughs>